Hi everyone, this is Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. Featuring your hosts, Taylor Bradley and Alex Yankovich. Yeah, every day we're just out here. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inside Dance with Taylor and Alex. You are in store for an amazing episode this week. Later, we are joined by one of the most incredible healthcare providers that's made a huge impact on my life. His name is Steve McCauley. He has worked on countless shows, everything from Larev the Dream here in Vegas, which is where I got to know him, and he basically fixed me in any way that he needed to, to Lord of the Dance, to working with entertainers and celebrities such as Usher. Um, Honestly, guys, he is just so knowledgeable in so many things, and he's going to share all of his tips uh, in staying healthy, because it's not what we want as dancers, to stay healthy and prevent injuries. So definitely stick around for that. But in the meantime, let's get some housekeeping out of the way. Please give us a follow on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Inside Dance Podcast. While you're there, make sure you follow our friends and partners over at Inside Dance Magazine. Their handle is Inside Dance Mag. As always, we really genuinely and truly appreciate all of the reviews, comments, likes, subscriptions, any sort of feedback that we can get from you guys really makes a difference in the success of our podcast. So if you could do us a huge favor, whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now, Apple Music, Spotify, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button. That way you'll get a notification every time we drop a new episode. We appreciate it. And we will also want to hear from you. Please feel free to write us in any way that you'd like, whether that's on Instagram, sliding into our DMs, or you can write to us at our email at insidedancepodcast at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Let's go ahead and dive into our community spotlight. So this week, we are highlighting an amazing organization that is actually founded in part by our featured guest, Mr. Steve McCauley, who you'll hear from later in this episode. He has opened up his own private practice in partnership with a few other amazing guys that I've had the privilege of working with here in Las Vegas. His company is called Athletic Healthcare. Located in Las Vegas, Athletic Healthcare was founded to provide athletes from recreational to elite, from all disciplines, with access to the highest quality and experienced healthcare services possible. Whether you need to rehab from an injury or you wanna learn the best practices to keep you on the dance floor, uh, keep you performing, or to keep you doing what you're doing at the top of your game, the staff at Athletic Healthcare will work to raise your performance levels through a multitude of individually designed plans of care. You guys, I'm telling you, this is so, so necessary for anyone, but especially for dancers. You know, we are athletes. We are pushing ourselves um, in so many different directions, both emotionally, but physically, right? Um, So it's, we owe it to ourselves to keep this instrument, to keep this body that not only pursues our passion, but also pays our bills, right? To keep it in tip top shape. So the team over at Athletic Healthcare, uh, Dr. Rohani, Steve McCauley, and also Nick Pytuk, I've had the privilege to work with all of them um, between different shows here in Las Vegas. And I wouldn't trust my training regimen. I wouldn't trust my rehab with anybody else other than these guys. We all know that saying of you go to the doctor and like, well, what hurts? And you're like, my knee, why does your knee hurt? Well, because of dance. Well, don't dance. They are the antithesis of that. They will dive into it and know that we're going to continue to dance. We're going to continue to do what makes us happy and what we love and what we have to as a career. So they're going to work with you rather than working against you. So they are located in the Las Vegas Circus Center, which for my locals is located off of South Jones and Sunset Road. 
episode. We will have all of their information listed below. So please do yourself a favor, check out their website. I forgot to mention, they also offer virtual consultations. So say you can't make it to Vegas, say you're listening from anywhere. Uh, These guys over Athletic Healthcare are happy to help design programs uh, and treat you virtually. So check it out. We'll have all that information listed in the description below. All right, you guys, well, I have good news and bad news. Good news is you're stuck with me for this introduction this week. And the bad news is, well, you're stuck with me for this introduction this week. I'll be stepping in. Alex is currently traveling. Um, so I am going to hopefully try and live up to her amazing uh, personality and podcast hosting abilities. But um, as you've heard already, you have an amazing interview coming up with Steve, just talking about injury prevention and uh, how to keep yourself doing what you love to do. So knowing that I was going to be hosting this intro solo today, I was thinking, hmm, what can I share with you guys that uh, is a fun story, something that I'm really proud of in my career, and this one was a no-brainer and actually involves Alex as well. So uh, I get a phone call one day from her, and she's like, hey, what's going on? Uh, You know, yada, yada, whatever. Hey, would you be interested in dancing one-on-one with Celine Dion for a few dance privates? And I literally, like, laughed. I was like, okay, well, clearly there was, like, I misheard you. She was like, yeah, no, actually, Celine Dion. Uh, my heart will go on like Miss Dion. And before she even finished clarifying, I was like, yes, right now, where do you need me to be? I'll do anything. Like, (laughs) um, and so she has, Alex has worked for a good friend of ours now. Her name is Naomi Steichman, who was a former dancer for Celine in the new day show here in Las Vegas. Um, and knew that Alex um, had some male dance friends and reached out to Alex and like, hey, Celine really likes um, to just be expressive and creative and dance uh, improv with a man in a room and just explore movement and partner. Um, and so she asked Alex, do you know anyone? So Alex being the incredible best friend that she is, hit me up and obviously no brainer. Yes. So, uh, here's my experience with getting to work with the absolute legend, the queen, the goddess, the musical icon that I know most of us, you actually, I think you have to, I think it's legally binding. You have to dance to Celine Dion at some point in your career. Um, it's just like the way of the universe. So, I'm super nervous. I'm like, okay, we go to Millennium here in Las Vegas. And um, yeah, so excited, um, but like terrified. Like I felt like I was meeting the president. (laughs) And so I show up and um, she had a bunch of uh, food, you know, what her driver had early in the day brought over like a little mini fridge that was stocked with like Fiji waters, uh, had a bunch of like organic wholesome snacks all laid out. Of course it was like a private room. And yeah, so we get there and um, in walks Celine and she, you guys, let me tell you, my nerves instantly like ran away because she was just so kind. And she's like, hi, hello, I'm Celine. And I'm like, oh, oh, duh, like, (laughs) of course you are. Um, But I felt like I was awkward. She's like, I'm Celine. And I'm like, me too. Uh, No, uh, what? It's like when you say have a good flight to a flight attendant. Um, But anyways, she was an absolute dream to work with. Um, we did a little ballet bar to warm up with, and she is such a natural. Let me tell you guys, like, obviously she was a, a vocal prodigy and star and paved the way in so many ways, but that applies. Like, I can see it. She's just an artist. Like, if she had studied dance, um, which I know she did. She studied dance, voice, acting. But if uh, she leaned a little bit more into dance, she would have been, you know, what she is to singing and dance. It's just she's talent and just grace, honestly, um, and hard work. But so we did a little bit of ballet bar. Um, 
And then we were just started to explore movement. And let me tell you guys, she's the most fearless mover in the world. Like it's the opposite of me where I'm like, I step into a dance call and I'm like, well, I got this, let's do it. And you ask me to sing and I'm like, happy birthday. Yeah. So she, I get very in my head when I'm not in my forte, as I think many of us do. And she, I'm like, watch out Netherlands dance, Netherlands dance theater, because she was so fearless and just trusted me as somebody that she'd never really met to partner and was climbing up on me like a jungle gym. And at one point she was standing on my shoulders and I'm like, Taylor, dear God, do not be the human that breaks Celine Dion. So, uh, it was just such a pleasure to move with her. And then we would just kind of play music on shuffle and see what would happen and the song would end and we'd have a moment. And just like, she would look at me and just start laughing and smile and be like, that was so beautiful. And it was so inspiring to me. I mean, of course you're working with the Celine Dion, but to like have a human that is that so invested and in love with um, art and expression and creativity and took chances and fell and it was awkward and it was great. And there was, so many different moments um, that I'm so grateful for. And she will forever uh, be someone that I look up to on so many levels. I'm so grateful I got to dance with, you know, if you follow this podcast, we've had several of her dancers on uh, Sarah Davison, uh, Miguel Perez, and it's all, it's, we all are saying the same thing. Of course, I'm not saying I hold a, any weight towards them that got to dance with her in the new day show, but even to have the experience just to meet her, it's so satisfying as a performer to know that she, her heart is as full and as kind as her voice is powerful. I have to share one thing that uh, made me poop my pants uh, was I had an Apple watch that had a Velcro wristband on it. And so we're dancing, we're improving and she's got her fierce um, like unitard on and she had like a body, uh, like a, a wrap sweater on uh, and we're dancing and my Velcro from my watch gets caught on her sweater and it rips the sweater at the seam. And I'm like, Oh my God, Taylor, you've done it. She looks at me. She goes, honey, it's Dior. And I'm just like, yep, I'm going to go play in traffic. And just, this is the end of my life. She, and she kind of like looked at me cause she knew I'd feel awkward. And then she started laughing. She goes, baby, I buy three of everything. It's not that big of a deal. And I was like, this woman just played me. But uh, that's something, yeah, that I chuckle about. And every time I put on my, put on my Apple watch with my Velcro wristband, I'm just like, oh, hey, Celine. Um, anyway, so that's a really fun story. I think it was fun. It was definitely like a pinnacle moment in my dance career um, to get to meet someone that is so talented, so kind. Um, I'm going to say kind one more time because that I feel like is such a rarity to see of, uh, to see of people of that bracket of success and fame. So in the off chance, Celine, if you're ever listening, I thank you so much. I appreciate you. And I know on behalf of all, all of these dancers that we've grown up dancing to your music, um, that you've inspired us. Um, and we're just grateful to, to have an artist like you, uh, in our lives. So, uh, let's all do ourselves a favor and try and follow suit and be that light, be that kindness, um, to everyone, to a fellow person in an audition room, to the newbie at a show, just extend that warm heart and that invite, um, cause that's what people remember, not what you do, what you did, but how you make them feel. So yay. Speaking of how you feel, are you sore? Is anything hurting? Probably cause you're a dancer. Well, as we've said, uh, we have the incredible Steve McCauley coming up. He's going to talk about how do you hurt less? How do you take care of yourself? What are some common issues that we have in the dance world? So you definitely owe it to yourself, uh, owe it to your career, owe it to your instrument to give it a listen. So stay tuned guys. Uh, Alex and I coming up with Steve right around the corner. 
right, guys, you were in for such a treat today. We are joined by one of the men that, one of the people I think that is responsible for my longevity in my career here in Las Vegas as a dancer. He is an incredible um, athletic trainer working in performance medicine most recently. Uh, we work together over at Larev the Dream at Wynn. Um, and I'm so happy to have him on today. I'm going to let him introduce himself and tell about all of his background, education, and amazing accolades. But please join me in welcoming my very good friend, Mr. Steve McCauley. What's going on, Steve? Hey, how are you? We're Thanks doing so well. Me. Of course. No, we're happy to have you on. Um, quick little intro, Alex, Steve, Steve, Alex. Uh, we, uh, Yonk, we're working over at Lareb, like I said, but we also uh, Ignite, that show that we did um, out in Sandy Valley. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was there making sure that none of us like tripped on horse poop or anything like that. That's so, a, <laughs> um, it's very important. That, that, was, that, that was the only thing I did, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a good thing. I mean, I hate to say it, but I guess when you're bored and you have nothing to do, it's a good thing at work. <laughs> right. It's a good, it was a very good show and uh, it was very safely run. So good. Shout good. out. Yeah. Shout out to Sandy Croft and Brandon Pareda for an amazing uh, experience there. But um, let's kick this off, Steve. Why don't you start off by telling us and our listeners where you're from and how you got into your career of sports medicine? Uh, I, um, where I'm from, well, I, I, uh, I basically grew up in Las Vegas. I, we moved here when I was 11. Uh, my family was, uh, in entertainment and that's why we came here. Um, I actually, uh, uh, have done professional singing for most of my, uh, young adult life. Uh, and, uh, keep, keep in mind that Las Vegas back in, in that time, uh, was a very small town. And so, if you had any talent at all, and and uh, um, you you could find work, that was for sure. And so I I had the ability to do that. Uh, and so um, you know I I was in a uh, uh, this uh, sort of ensemble group, and we did backup vocals for some celebrities in town, like Paul Anka, uh, Barry Manilow. When these guys would cycle through, right? And so uh -huh. that's really uh, what brought me to Vegas. Uh, how I got to Vegas was through entertainment with my family. Uh, my brother actually went on to uh, uh, obtain his PhD in music uh, and is now the head of uh, bands at um, Montclair University in New Jersey. Oh, wow. And so, uh, you know, music and entertainment has always been uh, a part of my life. And so that's really how I, I got started. But, um, but I was a great lover of sports as well. Uh, and, uh, and played it my, and played it my whole life, um, bat football, baseball, basketball, kind of traditional American kind of sport kid. And, uh, and so those two, those two elements of, of, uh, of sports and entertainment had always been in my life. Um, and so, um, uh, going through high school, of course I did all of that. You'd sing, um, actually I was singing professionally in high school at the time. And, and so you sing in all the you sing as much as you possibly can sing. You do all the, all the groups and you do all the things. And so, uh, and then you play all the sports too. So I was a very busy kid. Uh, and I wanted to continue that in college. Um, I ended up at Cal state Northridge, uh, which is in Southern California. Um, they have, a, uh, an outstanding music department. Um, and so, uh, trying to play football at Cal State Northridge and uh, be aggressively involved in the, in the music department was a very hard thing to do. Oh, I can imagine. And go to school. It was a very, very hard thing to do. So um, I ended up uh, pairing 
paring the music part down, I ended up singing in the jazz choir uh, and doing a lot of that. And, and jazz uh, vocaling is, is uh, uh, something, uh, uh, something really not of this world. It's, it's um, scatting. It's a, I mean, it's, yeah, it's a very, very difficult thing to do. Uh, and looks not difficult ever at all. And it's one of the most difficult things to do. Uh, and so that's how that worked. And then I, uh, uh, I became an athletic trainer. Uh, I went to Northridge wanting to be a physical therapist. Uh, my youngest sister uh, was severely challenged mentally and physically. Uh, and so we as a family collectively took care of her uh, her whole life and continue to do so today. Uh, and so that exposed me to the benefits of therapeutic interventions. Uh, there were nurses coming to the house all the time. There were therapists coming to the house all the time. And I didn't really know who these people were. I just knew that they applied this, this stuff to my sister uh, and her life seemed to be better. And so, um, and that's what inspired me to do, to do preventative or to do medicine at that level, not to be a physician. Uh, I was never really exposed to physicians. I was always exposed to the to the therapy side of it. Uh, and so I went to Northridge. Uh, they have an excellent physical therapy program. Um, uh, but uh, my I, when I played football, I was, I was often injured and, uh, <laughs> and, and was a regular visitor to the athletic training room and the athletic training facilities and to the physician's offices and to surgical intervention. And, uh, and in that process, uh, developed a really good uh, relationship with and a, and a hearty respect for what the athletic trainers did. Uh, and uh, my last week as a football player, uh, uh, during our last week of, of, um, um, of practice, uh, the head athletic trainer placed a, um, uh, had a application packet in my locker with a handwritten letter and saying that you know, I think you would be an outstanding athletic trainer and, you know, your love of your love of sports and your love of music and entertainment and your love of of medicine, you know, seems to be a perfect fit. And and so um, I was kind of fond of her anyway. So I took her up on the offer. <laughs> uh, uh, and so I went through the athletic training program. I got my bachelor's degree in health education, uh, public health minor or a public health emphasis with um, with an athletic training minor. And then I went on and got my master's degree uh, a bit later from the University of St. Francis in Pittsburgh uh, or in Pennsylvania. Um, again, health sciences with an emphasis on health, uh, healthcare administration. Uh, so that's sort of how that goes. I, I uh, along the way, I became a strength certified strength conditioning specialist. Um, uh, quickly after doing my first show here in Vegas as an athletic trainer, I, I knew I needed to be Pilates certified as well. So wow. I went and, and did that with a, with a legendary Pilates instructor, Dolly Calapez. Yeah. Pilates yeah. by Dolly. Yeah. Who, who <laughs> took me, uh, who, who saw this poor little fat kid and, and <laughs> an athletic trainer who was, who just came from football and, and, uh, knew, and was thrown into this performing arts world. And, and, and the world itself wasn't new to me. I had actually being backstage was quite normal. Right. Um, so that part didn't, didn't get me. It's just that I had no idea what dancers did. <laughs> I had right. no idea. Uh, and um, the very first show was uh, the show called EFX at the, the MGM. 
Uh, and yeah, uh, Jamie Gallego was was in that show. Yeah, who, who we've had her on this podcast yes. as well. So, yeah. <laughs> um, and it starred Michael Crawford, uh, and it starred various other people after. Um, uh, anyway, so Dolly uh, took pity on me, and she actually uh, she actually certified me like one on one. I would go That's to wow. UNLV. Sick. I would go after her her classes at UNLV, and and she would make fun of me and put <laughs> me through. Um, all that stuff. And so uh, I, uh, what I know about Pilates came from, I think, a legendary uh, instructor. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, uh, I couldn't be more happy about that. You hit so many points just now. <laughs> and it's crazy. I love talking to guests because you hit so many things that I have in common. You mentioned singing for Paul Anka and um, Gilmore Girls is one of my favorite TV shows. And right. they have a running joke about Paul Anka. Like they right. named one of their pets Paul Anka. <laughs> and he's actually appeared in the show a couple of times. So that I, that's crazy. And my dad's also from Pittsburgh. And so I mean, Alex is I, from Southern California. And I'm so from many. Southern California. It's just, it's nice that talking. Is. It's yeah. talking, talking to people who have experience life in so many different states and cities it makes me so excited but you're so lucky that you you have this vast upbringing of being in the arts and also being athletic uh-huh. and like it's such a seamless transition into being a trainer and th- like that makes me so happy because sometimes for people who are successful it's just a switch and then they kind of switch careers but you're lucky you're kind of brought in in this uh, entertainment world and sports world. And then also with your family, looking out for your sister and learning the therapeutic ways of helping her. I mean, that's just so incredible. So oh, I'm like so excited <laughs> to dive into this. It's amazing. Yeah, all of it seemed to be uh, rather seamless looking back yeah. on all of it at the Meant time. Meant to be, yeah. Sure it's not, be. But, but all of these transitions seem to just make sense and, and, uh, and kind of cascaded into one another. And, and so, well, uh, and how beautiful too, for us, like, you know, that you did end up working with uh, dancers, entertainers, you know, circus artists, um, which are such a special breed, like you said, you're like, I don't understand what or how you do, but so many physicians or, or just general um, performance medicine coaches, whatever professional uh, term would be, it's like, oh, well, what's making that hurt? Dance. Okay, well, just don't dance. Right. And it's like, you don't get it. Like, this is what I do. And so it, it's, it's, right. so, it's, it's a blessing for us and for those that have worked with you to know that your background and where you came from, because then you understand like, yes, I was in the performance world. I've seen, I'm familiar with dance. I'm familiar with the regularity of, yeah. of, of shows and productions. So that's, that's right. amazing. I, it makes so much sense. <laughs> I want to ask you, so when you, you said you didn't know what dancers do and that was kind of a learning curve, so what was the discovery about what dancers do when you were kind of first on the scene? What were some of the most common injuries you were running into and how did you kind of navigate that world? Yeah, great question. So um, just to kind of set the picture, my first day at EFX <laughs> was uh, I was introduced to the cast prior to the show. Uh, and so at, back in the day, uh, in that theater before it became the Caw Theater, that that's a that it's still a it was a gigantic theater then. Uh, mm-hmm. But most of the most of the warm up stuff, most of the rehearsals even took place in the basement uh, because it was just a huge place. Uh, and so uh, I remember uh, so I remember I I, uh, I had just come from arena football, being an athletic trainer for the arena football team, and there was one in Vegas at the time, and. Um, uh, anyways, um, they, we, 
uh, we played at the in the Grand Garden at, at the MGM, and that's what gave me the uh, that's what gave me the segue back into EFX because people knew what people did, and and I was asked to take over for this um, uh, pretty uh, impressive and famous physical therapist uh, who had run into. Uh, just some, some, just some, uh, I guess, business difficulty or not difficulties, business philosophies with the management of, of MGM. And so I, I walk in and I'm going to replace this legendary uh, dance guru, physical therapist. And, uh, and I, and I'm standing there and I have my sideline kit in my hand, you know what I mean? And I have a table and cause I think that's what I'm supposed to bring. And so I show up and everyone's looking at me and I can't even imagine how uh, horrified they were that this guy walks down and like, I'm the guy going to take care of you now. And, you know, and I, uh, anyhow, so to answer your question, I, uh, I quickly discovered that dancers are in fact athletes (laughs) and, and most performing artists are athletes. And you know what, what you guys do every night is this is, this is professional sports. You're just wearing a costume and, and there isn't a scoreboard, but this is professional sports. Mm-hmm. We're going to isolate that as a soundbite. Yeah, that is absolutely going somewhere on Instagram. Yeah, <laughs> like somewhere for the news to like hear it louder for the people in the back. Back, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I'll, actually I'll go one step further. I would brag to my, um, my athletic training uh, counterparts when I would go to national conferences or, or take continuing education that, um, that we have professional athletics in Las Vegas way before the Knights showed up and way before the Raiders showed up, mm-hmm. like you guys were the, you guys are the professional athletes. You're the, you're the OG professional <laughs> athlete of, of Las Vegas. And, and, uh, and simply because there's no scorecard um, and simply because, you know, you're not, you're, you're, you're wearing a costume and, you know, you do things that aren't sports, like what you do, how you achieve that is no let is professional athletics. Absolutely. And and that was my first lesson. Uh, and, and in a strange way, I, I became uh, much, more, much more calm and much more confident because I'd say, I thought, well, th- I can do this. this. These guys are athletes. There, there's nothing magical here. I, this, we weren't these like weird aliens that wore all black and berets and like just talked about our feelings through movement. <laughs> we also did push-ups and squats and things like that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and uh, you ran into each other and you <laughs> And we twisted and, and we fell and, and we... <laughs> and you fell and you broke stuff and you sprained stuff and you wanted to go back on stage and you weren't sitting in the corner and crying about it. You, you just wanted to get better and get back and and that's pretty, that's, that's pretty much what I'm used to. And so it was, again, it was a seamless thing for me. And I quickly became a fan and knew that I needed to speak the language. And I knew that I needed to, to uh, just, I need to lean in, I guess that's the lingo now. Right. And so, yeah. you, just, you uh, and so I did, I, I, uh, I, I became a performing arts athletic trainer and nobody was doing any of that at the time. And, and so I sort of just figured it out on my own. And, but, uh, you know, not like I needed to learn a new language. It, um, it, I knew what I needed to do. I just, need, I just needed to do it. And, and Pilates certification was one of them. Taking ballet class was another. Um, I'm a huge fan of bar. I think bar should be taught, should be the dynamic warm up in almost every show 
uh, here in town. I really do. I think a good dynamic, I think a good bar is a, is all you need for a dynamic warm up. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. And especially cause it's like Pilates, but you're standing yeah. and you can find your feet in the floor and it's all internal and that connection internal, to your breath, connection to your breath, that internal work is right. what makes you stronger working from the inside out rather than the outside in. And I, that's why everyone always laughed when people would say football players take ballet too. And they'd be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I'm like, no, they do because mm-hmm. it helps them with, with everything sure. else and that dynamic sure. work that they have to do. Sure. Um, and I, uh, and I think I, I, the advantage I had was I, I, I could make that recognition and, and, uh, quickly made that similarity and, and it was, then it was easy for me. I just, it was a new mm-hmm. sport and I just need to learn the sport. Absolutely. So in that new sport, um, what would you say? I know we said uh, dancers tend to get sweaty and slip and, you know, there's the age old saying that that we are the most coordinated and the most uncoordinated humans in the entire world. So with that, I'm sure you've seen a lot of, uh, you know, knee injuries, MCL, ACL. Uh, I know you've worked with a lot of women dancing in heels here in Las Vegas. So uh, just in your experience, what would you say are some of the most common common injuries that you have and how would you uh, prevent them? So to, to answer that question from the, from the 10,000 foot space, which I think is important to start, uh, it really depends on the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on the, the task that the performer uh, is required to do. Um, and, and I'll use FX or I'll use uh, Larev as the example. So, we touted what you guys did as ballroom, but, but in my opinion, uh, playing baseball was closer to ballroom than what you guys were doing. It was, <laughs> it was this two and a half minutes of pretty much a combination of ice hockey, um, a dodge, uh, not falling off a, uh, a balance beam uh, while doing rotational forces. Uh, soaking and, wet <laughs> and all the while being wet and, and that had nothing to do with ballroom we called it ballroom but that had nothing i mean i guess your first stance i guess the first pose when the song started was ballroom and after that <laughs> it's it was, like the x games ballroom edition <laughs> after that it was complete chaos and my my point there is um w- when people ask me what are the most common injuries it, it really depends on on what the dancers uh, being asked to do, uh, right. you know, um, am I treating, is this, uh, is this the Cincinnati ballet? Is this, or is this Las Vegas ballet? Or am I at the Jabberwockies? Because right. these are two completely different skill sets and yet they're categorized as dancers. And so, um, to, to answer the question from way above, uh, it really depends on what they do, but, uh, but to get in, to get into it, um, I would say, uh, from a sort of normative um, point of view, uh, of course, it's going to be foot ankle. Mm-hmm. Foot ankle, uh, you, you need to be sort of a rocket science with regard to foot ankle and not only rocket science with foot ankle, but also um, uh, learning techniques. Um, I'll give you a quick example. When I worked with Lord of the Dance, um, uh, I, I quickly learned the value of unloading tissue techniques. Uh, because these kids were, they weren't coming off stage. Um, and so uh, the just give it a few days rest wasn't an option uh, at all. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, you create ways to unload uh, certain tendons and certain tissues um, that, uh, that, gets, that get them through. And, and that experience, um, just an example, but that experience um, taught you, uh, you forged a new technique. Um, Would that be like, like KT or rock tape? So uh, KT and rock tape were sort of derivatives of that. I was using in the day, and I still use it actually to this day, uh, a, um, um, uh, it's called Leukotape P, and it's, uh, it, was, it's, it, was, it was invented essentially to do kneecap patellofemoral pain types of things. And so McConnell taping uh, is, is, the, is what most people uh, think of it as. But um, again, when I was at Lord of the Dance and, and, uh, and then at La Rev and any other show I've been in, uh, unloading certain tissues and unloading certain, uh, components of the foot and the tendons within the foot, um, uh, uh get you through a lot of, uh, a lot of shows when you normally wouldn't be able to. What are some foot and toe exercises? You know, I kind of have told students before, okay, let's write our name with our foot. Let's really use our metatarsals and push through all the feet. So what are some, uh, maybe like two great foot exercises to do to warm up for shows? If you don't have a band, if you, if you truly just have your foot. If you just have your foot, um, my favorite uh, is I've termed it as, uh, uh, heel and, uh, and toe rock. Uh, and so, uh, if you imagine, if you just stand normally, uh, and, um, and, and to go on to the toe rock, you can imagine yourself as a, uh, as a skier, uh, an alpine skier that's, uh, that's, uh, or a ski jumper. And so you take your center of gravity and you slowly increase it over your toes, the, forcing the, uh, forcing your toes to grip a bit. I know that that's, uh, not really what we want, but I want that to happen. I want your toes to grip. I want your big toe to grip into the ground. I want your forefoot and all the intrinsics within your forefoot to, uh, to, to learn how to uh, contract and strengthen and incur those forces. As your center of gravity comes over and over, then you do a partial little releve, maybe a de- maybe demi point, but, but half of that, I guess, is the best way to say it. So your heel comes about four to five inches off the ground if you're talented enough to do that. And then you rock back. Um, and so to me, uh, that's a, that's an excellent dynamic warmup because it's, 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 um, it's forcing the, um, it's forcing the forefoot and it's forcing the toes and it's forcing the plantar flexors, uh, to, to basically wake up and, and get in line. Uh, and then you do just the opposite. You take your center of gravity and you bring it back behind your ankle. So you have to bring your feet up and balance on your heels. And you can simply do this rocking. Uh, and, you know, after about 25 rocks, after you've done that, you're pretty warm and ready to go. 25. I yeah. would be like, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, 90, I mean, 10. yeah, <laughs> that's amazing. Okay. Great tip. I'm definitely, definitely going to do that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We'll give that one a, uh, a whirl. I'm a big fan of the, of the towel scrunch as well with, uh, with the arches and the toes. Uh, yeah, but, the towel uh, scrunch is great. Uh, but, but, um, again, uh, as you, as that center of gravity comes over, as you get over your skis, so to speak, uh-huh. your, your toes are gripping. If your toes aren't gripping, you've fallen on your face already, right? Right. So to me, that's that incorporates that towel curl scrunch thing. Totally, totally. Um, 
Okay. Well, question for you. So what is something, and again, I know this is a um, very big stadium picture question, but um, I guess we could subdivide it into maybe a male and female question are with male dancers or female dancers, what are some common flaws that you see, or at least to be more specific um, in Las Vegas, the type of production shows, which are usually, you know, high energy, um, the circus, or like you said, describing all of those uh, X game ballroom factors um, rather than being like a concert dance, dancing an ideal situation um, and settings. What are some common flaws that you see with dancers, fitness and wellness regimes? And I know a lot of that ties into nutrition. So if we can separate that and if we can't, let's talk about it. But just as maybe male and female dancers, something that you're like, Oh, women tend to focus too much on glutes. Men tend to focus too much on chest, things like that. Oh, right. Okay. That part. Uh, so again, it, it really has to do with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are in a show and, and your costume is barely on, then aesthetics is a gigantic thing for you. Uh, and so uh, managing your way through that aesthetic um, sort of uh, minefield is, um, uh, leads to a lot of minds and mm-hmm. can, can have a lot of problems. And so um, I think, again, uh, I go back to the same uh, sort of concept is the show is the thing. Uh, and it's, so it really depends on the show. You, know, you can be completely clothed. You can, be in a, uh, you can have costumes that completely hide who you are and what you're doing. Uh, and that's going, to, that's going to influence how you train. That's going to influence right. your diet. That's going to influence um, uh, what you focus on. And, and, and if you're there in a G-string, uh, and no, you know what I mean? Just a G, then that's going to influence what you do. So, um, it's hard, it's hard for me to, to distinguish between the, I think I know what you want me to say. And, and I just haven't seen that. I haven't seen a, uh, a commonality, uh, mm-hmm. between the sexes. I, I think, uh, men and women are just as equally susceptible to, um, to these types of flawed behaviors um, as, as each of them are. And, uh, and I think the influence of the show, uh, plays a gigantic role. Yeah. Interesting. And like, I guess actually, sorry, go ahead, Al. No, I was just gonna say it is really interesting. I have never really thought of it in that way, but, um, I guess, so one thing, like one common example that we always talk about is, or in the dance world, like, oh, I don't want to get bulky. I don't want to do strength training. Like I'm scared. I guess that's more so in the concert dance and, you know, um, ballet world, which again, your show, your aesthetic is being, is influencing your training. But, um, yeah, it's now that I'm saying that out loud, it does really just depend on kind of what's your end goal as a dancer. Are you trying to dance behind Britney Spears? Are you trying to, you know, have the strength and power to be a porter in an acrobatic show? Cause those are going to really influence the way right. that you train. So, and they, and they should influence uh, it to a larger degree. The problem is that you, there are these traditional thoughts of uh, these traditional thoughts. And one of them you, you spoke to just a second ago was, I don't want to get bulky, uh, or I don't want to get bound down, or I don't want to eat a carbohydrate. So these types of things, uh, these, these, um, uh, these mythical sort of uh, falsified, long since disproven scientifically uh, concepts still exist. Uh, and as an athletic trainer or as a healthcare provider in the performing arts setting, 
it is it, it it is a it is a gigantic challenge for us. Um, and it and make no mistake, as far as we've come with regard to nutritional science and uh, uh, the understanding of recovery and so forth, it is it, it is uh, it is not it is not as readily well received uh, as you may think. I think people forget about recovery. We always, mm-hmm. you know, we always focus on warming up, which is so incredibly important. But I was someone who was skeptical about working out because I didn't want to get bulky. But then I realized having strong muscles supports my joints and it's more cushion for them to bounce back quicker. And it just is kind of, we forget about recovery and how important that is. So I think that's really, really important. And by not doing anything too, like rest days, because there's this dancer, there's this, I think, toxic dancer mentality that we talk about on the show uh, quite a bit. And it's, you have to want this and you have to work every day. And it's kind of like, you know, Nike and Under Armour that have these like no days off. And I look at these slogans and I'm like, that's not, that's That's not healthy. You should, you you should take a day off, you know? So the, so uh, one of the, one of the common, there are three common threads that, that, uh, transcend athletes in general, but particularly in the performing arts. And the very first thing is sleep. Um, the very first thing I'm going to ask uh, an athlete who's, in, who's on my table or performer who's on my table who's suffering from uh, multiple tendinosis, multiple types of overuse injuries, is how much sleep you get a day uh, and what's your average daily sleep. Because research is really, really, really crystal clear on this now. Anything less than eight between eight and 10 is the norm. And anything less than that on any given days, we, we now have studies that show dramatic changes in the, the athlete's ability to, um, uh, to uh, neurologically perceive where they are, dramatic decreases in their power production, dramatic increases, decreases in their ability to proprioceptively know where they are, their awareness. And all of those things set the performer up or set the athlete up to to incur an injury or perpetuate uh, an already existing injury. So the first question uh, that that always comes to mind is, how much sleep are you getting? And then the second thing is, what did you eat today? Because I I promise you, as a a healthcare provider in this world, in this this world for almost 30 years, um, disordered eating is 100% prevalent. Uh, No performer uh, goes, no professional performer, uh, makes it to, to, to where they want to be or where they're going to be without suffering some form of disordered eating. And disordered eating is a, is a, is, is a quite a continuum, but it exists. And, uh, uh, and I think at any given time, any performer I can speak to or treat is going to be somewhere on that continuum. It is not, have you had disordered eating? It is what is your disordered eating and how bad is it? 100%. And a lot of it has to do with, well, I don't want to eat this because I don't want to be upside down and feel sick, or I don't want to eat this and, and not like you're worried about the timing during the day and you stress so much about that. And, and like you said, going back before, like, what am I wearing in this show? What is the, and it definitely messes with your brain too. And I remember not wanting to eat certain things in between shows because I didn't want it to affect how the second show was going to go. And yeah, it's tough. And I love that you kind of make that you, you know, 
known that everybody goes through it. It's not if, it's just when Mm -hmm. and how, because even if it's not technically anorexia or if it's bulimia, there is definitely a mental blockage that is happening where where you're having to make sacrifices and and not even sacrifices. I don't know if that's the right word, but everyone is always rearranging their schedules for what they're going to eat. We're not just like eating whatever. And that actually is the definition of disordered eating. It's, it's anytime you're making uh, significant changes to your diet or anytime you're making changes to your diet that aren't uh, related to energy absorption. Uh, And then the final thing um, I always uh, am concerned about is uh, what their, what their strength and conditioning program looks like. And I call it strength and conditioning because that's what it is. And, and, uh, um, and, and I always approach these things from the mindset of performance improvement uh, and energy consumption. I, don't, I, I never speak of diet in terms of calories necessarily or in terms of even macros. We can have those conversations, but this is more about energy readiness. This is more about basically having gas in the tank. And mm-hmm. can you, are you ready to do the things you need to do? Because if you're not, then your performance suffers. Uh, and, uh, and really, that's what you're here for. You're here to perform. And so um, I always try to have those conversations. And I always try to couch them around uh, performance improvement. And, and the strength and conditioning program is the same. Absolutely. So for anyone out there listening, if you're feeling off, if you're feeling like you're stuck at your goals, if you're feeling like you're not hitting your performance, you're not nailing your triple pirouette, you're not... For whatever reason, I encourage you guys, ask yourself those questions as well. Those, you know, you heard it here from Steve. What are you sleeping? What are you eating? Um, and our, I'm sorry, the last one one more time was. And your strength and conditioning. Your strength like, conditioning, are, are, yes. Are you doing the exercises you need to do? And, or are you doing exercises, uh, or, or is your strength and conditioning uh, based in aesthetics? Or mm-hmm. is your strength and conditioning based in performance? Functionality, um, yeah. Are you, are you, are you actually getting strong enough to produce the power to have a releve or to produce the power to get off the floor in order to spend enough time in the air to get the thing done that you're trying to get? Uh, and so um, I, you just, I, 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 try to, I try to have those conversations based on that. Absolutely. Well, um, if you happen to be in Las Vegas, you guys definitely need to go check out Steve. Uh, Steve, can you talk just briefly about your, um, your new uh, individual personal practice that you've opened here in Circus Center, Las Vegas? Yeah, I, um, uh, I have started a private practice. It is, uh, it is located inside the Las Vegas Circus Center. The, the owners, uh, uh, Michelle and, and Bran, are, are amazing. They're, they're just so uh, supportive of the uh, circus community and the performing arts community in general. Um, when I approached them with this after uh, or during the pandemic, um, when I was looking for the next thing I was supposed to do, um, uh, I, again, I couched it in a, um, in a sort of a one-stop shop kind of feel, you know, like you're going to come to the circus center to train and get better. Uh, why not have the medical component uh, to, uh, along with it? And, um, so, and smart. So, far, so far, it's been, it's been pretty successful. Uh, I love but it's that. Located, it's located inside the circus center, <laughs> and uh, and the website's um, uh, athletichealthcare.net, uh, and uh, sign up and uh, have an appointment. 
And please, guys, do yourself a favor. Uh, no matter what kind of performer, athlete, circus performer, uh, do yourself a favor and go visit Steve. Like I said, he is, in my opinion, just the most amazing witch doctor of a man. I can be like, hey, this XYZ hurts. And he's like, great, let's, let's figure out a plan and fix it. And he always has. So uh, wrapping us up here, Steve, I just want to say thank you both uh, for the, taking the time today, but also, I mean, I, I, I think you have really contributed to the longevity of my career um, and always been a resource that I felt comfortable to talk to about anything. So um, I really appreciate you for that. So a big thanks. Well, Thank you so much. You're more than welcome. I, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure. And uh, you're, uh, you're a tough kid, man. And so it's easy to <laughs> It's easy to treat tough guys. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, well, again, thank you. Uh, we hope to hopefully, again, it's this weird paradox of I hope to see you soon, but I hope I don't have to see you soon, but I hope I get to see you soon, Steve. That's fine, yeah. We'll see, awesome. each, other. We'll see each other maybe uh, uh, in other, or other circumstances. Perfect. Awesome. Well, take care, stay well, and um, until next time, guys. Thank All right. you, Steve. Thank you. Thank you.